Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, we have John Greco with us today, and he says this, you were never meant to live the Christian life in your own strength, so stop trying. He has a brand new book. It's called The Sword and the Spirit. He's an author. He loves the Word of God, has had an encounter in the Word of God, an invitation to live in life with the Holy Spirit. And he and his wife, Lauren, live in Nashville. They got three boys that they wrangle. And you can connect with John at johngrecorights.com. That's G-R-E-C-O is the last name, but johngrecorights.com. If the Holy Spirit just seems, hmm, I don't know, just kind of a mysterious thing for you, and it's it, it makes you afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit or think about experiencing the Holy Spirit, we would love to talk about that right now with John. So, John, yeah, there is somebody right now who just is is afraid of this Holy Spirit stuff. Why are we afraid of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I don't, I mean, why, why are we afraid? I think, you know, as human beings, we are, we are afraid of what is uncomfortable, what is maybe unpredictable, uh, unknowable. Um, and so, you know, there's this sense in which, you know, when, when we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, it it is scary. And I don't want to, I don't want to diminish that, right? There is this sense in which, you know, I don't, I don't remember who originally said it, but you may have heard the expression, you know, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, mm-hmm. right? And that that is that is our walk with the Holy Spirit, um, and it's not it's not scary in the sense that oh he's going to hurt me or he's going to lead me into something that that you know that brings great trouble into my life and embarrasses me. It's not like that. It's the unknown, and I can like you know it's it's little things, right? Like as I'm kind of going about my day and doing different things, and, and the Holy Spirit kind of prompts you and says, "Hey, um, you know." Tell that stranger over there that God loves them. And you're like, well, I'm not going to talk to a stranger. What are you talking? I don't know that person. No, no, do it. Tell that, tell that stranger that I love them. Hmm. And you go, okay. And you go, I'm sorry. You don't know me, but I felt like God wanted me to tell you he loves you. And then you find out, you know, from that person that like, are you serious? I've been asking God to show me he loves me, to hmm. tell me he loves me because I've met my, I'm at my wits end and I don't know what to do with my life. Hmm. And you're like, wow, you know, I was just used in that way. Or, you know, I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've been at church and someone will need, you know, prayer for healing. And I'm like, I'm not the guy. I don't have a healing gift. I'm not, you know, but, you know, you're standing near that person and God, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll, you know, I, I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit that is in, you know, is in uh, those people that do have those healing ministries that he's also in me. And so I'll lay hands on that person and I'll, and I'll pray for them. And, you know, they'll say, oh, that pain is gone. Um, and, and sometimes they don't, right? Sometimes you, you pray for them and they're like, no, the pain's still there. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I tried. Right. Um, but it is scary. The, but the thing is, it's a relationship and it's a, and it's, and he is good. And so we shouldn't be afraid. I was 16 years old and, and just was part of being filled by the Holy Spirit. Just had a beautiful experience of being filled by the Holy Spirit when I was Ooh. 16. And it was just this spontaneous prayer gathering that sprung up in this living room in St. Paul, Minnesota. And and people my age who had experienced the Holy Spirit were saying, hey, would you would you be willing to be prayed for to be filled up with the Holy Spirit? And I I was on sitting on the living room floor and I was thinking, there's no way I'm moving from this position. But my my sister got up and a friend of mine got up and I thought, okay, I'll stand up and I'll I'll, you know, have them pray for me and experience this wonderful experience with the Holy Spirit. 
and it was that it was I didn't want to be out of control. I wanted to be in control and I was too proud to get up off my seat. And that really resonates with me. What you're saying is we want control and the Holy Spirit's not going to, you know, you know, possess us and make us do stuff that that's stupid, but we want control and I have pride in my heart and I'm, and that keeps me from being open to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's a, you're right. It's this weird. It's, it's hard to describe, but you're right. You're not. You're never out of control. Right. The Holy Spirit's not going to force your movements. He's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. It is a you know walking with the Holy Spirit is a continual yielding. It's saying, mm-hmm. okay, if if you're telling me to do this, if you're prompting me to do this, or say this, or or give myself to this, then, then I'm going to do it. But there's there's a fear in that, right? You're you're sort of handing the keys over, and you're saying, I'm going to do whatever you tell me. Um, and, and, but, but you're never out of control. He's right. not, you know, it's not possession. It is, it is just yielding. It's openness. It's, and the, the, the truth is once you have an experience, whether it's, you know, a filling or a, you know, just a powerful encounter, um, with the Holy spirit, you know, builds your faith. You go, you know, that wasn't me, right. That wasn't, that wasn't the emotions in the room. We had a, uh, real quick, we had a, a experience uh, just a couple months ago at church. This powerful worship experience where it was unlike anything I had felt in a long, long time. And afterwards, you know, my heart's going like, "Was that real, or was it just something emotionally ginned up?" And uh, you know, and I, you know, because I'm a sinful, horrible human being, and so of course I, I doubt right afterwards. But um, but I, you know, as I as I really thought about it, and then I kind of, you know, we, we've had worship there so many times. I go, no, 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 that was a unique experience that day. The right. Holy Spirit showed up in a way that that I can't account for. It wasn't me. It's the same people leading worship. It's the same people gathered in the room. This was a unique thing that you know, the Holy Spirit visited us that day in a unique way. And so now I can look back and go, okay, if the Holy Spirit did that once, He'll do it again. And He He proved it. You know, He proved His presence to me. Uh, in that moment. He doesn't have to prove his presence to me every moment of every day, but he did. And that gives me faith to go forward. So John, I would love to hear just a story, a a story for you of a time that you felt like, um, yeah, you experienced the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So as we were talking about in the break, you know, a lot of times it's during worship. I feel like there's this, um, something happens when we praise, right? Something happens that just opens us up to to heaven and to God's presence in a way that, you know, maybe doesn't happen while we're grocery shopping or, you know, but it's not exclusive to that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, that almost becomes a cliche. Like if I want to feel God, I got to go to church. And it's not, it's not really the way, it's not really the way the Holy Spirit works. I could think of a time uh, a few years ago where I had just been, and I, I want to say like, you know, maybe top 10 of all time in my life hurt by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it wrecked me. And I was, um, it was, a, my my oldest son was a little bit younger. And every morning we would get up, it was fall and we'd get up early, we'd go take a walk. And it was kind of our routine. And as we were walking along, I was just praying about the situation and I was feeling bad about some things that I had done. And I was asking God, like, you know, oh, I can't, I can't believe I you know this is, this is who I am and this is what I did. And, and even though I had been hurt, it was still, I was clinging, what was clinging to me was this guilt. Mm. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and showed me something that I want to say, it's not that I've forgotten it and he just reminded me. 
it was that like, it was not in my brain. It was not something I knew. It was not something, it was not a scene that I, that I, you know, kind of watched play out. But as he spoke, uh, spoke this kind of scene into my heart about, Hey, this is some of the behind the scenes stuff that uh, is true. It, it, this light bulb went off like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm not as guilty as I thought. Right. Mm-hmm. This this was mm-hmm. something that um, had had come upon me, you know, from from outside. This was something that, um, you know, without getting into the details, it was something that had been done to me, and my response was just that a response. It wasn't something that you know ginned up in my heart. It was just this. It was it was kind of the natural response of you know a person has when they protect themselves. Yeah. And but but the Holy Spirit speaking that into my into my life in that moment was freeing. Because he was saying, I see you, I see the situation, I am, you know, I, I'm a just God and you are, you know, you're, you're my child and, you know, and and I get it, you're not perfect, but you are, you're doing your best to walk and I will continue to walk with you through this. Mm-hmm. And it was this kind of, it wasn't, you know, there was no outward manifestation hours it all happened you know within my heart. Sure. But it was in that moment from that walk, you know, I left the house one way when I came back. I was so encouraged that I just knew that God had seen me, right? It's like in the Old Testament when when Hagar, you know, says, you know, you are the God who sees me. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the, the experience, the feeling I had. And I and I knew, I just knew it was him. I knew that was um what he had spoken to me was truth. And it, it was sort of a pivot uh, for me in that moment. In your own life, there was a time when you were just you know, laser focused on the word of God, but not real comfortable with this Holy Spirit stuff. And then something changed. What happened there? Yeah. So it's funny. Like I grew up kind of in both worlds. Like at my first memories, uh, my mom became, when my mom got saved, we went to this very kind of, you know, on fire Pentecostal house church, you know, like in every stereotype you can imagine was there, right? People, tambourines, people dancing. It was like, you know, and, and the stories people gave were like out of the book of Acts, right? You know, these crazy stories that you would go, how could that be true? But they were. And then at the same time, you know, like I remember a few years later going to a very, very conservative church where, you know, I was told, well, if you want to hear God speak, you know, read your Bible out loud. You know, and it was, it was very, so it was like two, two very different uh, experiences, both, you know, loved God, both loved his word, but very different. And then as I grew up, it was a little bit more of the same, a little back and forth, back and forth. But by the time I got to college and I had, you know, uh, I had felt this calling on my life from the Lord and, and it was really, it wasn't, you know, some people get a calling to preach and mine wasn't that it was study God's word, study the Bible, get in the word deep, deep, deep. And so that's what I set about to do. And I wasn't sure how God was going to use me, but I, I focused my 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 energy, my attention on on the Bible and, and kind of getting in as, as deep as I could, and um, and so that's where I was. I was I was you know I figured every every question I had, every issue I faced, I could go to God's Word, find the answer. But the Bible almost became more like a, a, a encyclopedia. And uh, mm. the answer is in here. I just got to dig hard enough. I got to find the right commentary. I got to find the right, you know, understand the Greek word in the correct way and all that stuff. And that's all super helpful. But it was funny. It was the actual, it was, it was studying God's word that drove me to the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as I, as I was studying, I would come across, you know, folks who would say, well, you know, God works differently in the world today, or, you know, I'm not denying any of the miracles in the, in the new Testament, but God doesn't, doesn't act that way today. Right. We live in a different, different era. And, but the more I studied, the more I said, baloney, mm. show me in God's word where that, where it says that it Come doesn't on. say that. 
<laughs> so, um, so I, st- so I, it was, it was the word itself that drew me to the spirit. And I, st- I opened myself up and I, you know, I said, Holy spirit, you know, uh, I, I know you, I know you are, you live within me. I know that you are in my life, but I want to have a relationship with you. I want to walk with you. I want, you know, I want your gifts to flow through me. I want, I want to see your fruit in my life. I want to be more than, uh, the product of my studies, mm-hmm. right? I want, I want my faith to be living and active the way, the way it was in the New Testament. And, and that's, and that was, you know, that was a number of years ago, but, you know, ever since it's, you know, he's proven himself to me and it has come out in my life. And it has been something where, you know, I, I it is not, it, it is, it is less safe. It is less, um, it is less predictable, but it's become something where, uh, I just can't, I just can't, uh, I can't imagine living the word, or excuse me, living the Christian life by the word without the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was reading about the Celtic Christians and they called them, they called the Holy Spirit the wild goose. And I think that's a, it's a great description of, of the Holy Spirit because you can't predict and control. And so we need word and spirit. Yeah. But at the same time, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another, just like me, the Holy Spirit. And so he's trustworthy. The Holy Spirit's trustworthy because he's just like Jesus. He's, and Jesus said, I'm going to show you the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. So yeah, but I'd love to talk about. You had said, you know, there, there's you had experienced these different churches, right? Like one church that seemed to be more of an emphasis on the work of the Spirit, and another church that seemed to be more of an emphasis on on Scripture. And why do you think that there's this big divide? <laughs> because I've experienced that in my life too, right? Like there seem to be they seem to be opposed to one another. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they're opposed to one another. I do know they're. You know, I've seen this, and you, you, you know, it's. And this is kind of what brought about this book was I was having a conversation with my publisher about another book, and we got into this down this rabbit trail about books I'd love to see, and I mentioned, you know, I'd love to see something where, you know, there's all these kind of like if you're a new Christian, if you're you know a little stagnant in your faith, here's kind of how to get back on track. Here's here are the basics, but I'd never seen anything that said that that took the spirit alongside of the word. And kind of emphasize both because you know these churches are either very word focused or very spirit focused and i and i you know as i just kind of got out in the world and met people i would find one or the other and so that was kind of on my heart i didn't expect to be the one to write it i was just telling my publisher hey if you want to put something together if you want to find somebody this would be great and he turned to me and said oh no no, no you you go ahead and do that i want i want yeah. that and so so that's where that came from but yeah i don't know the, i don't know where it comes from i think you know people have different inclinations they have different backgrounds experiences and it's just what they're comfortable with but but i've also you know it's funny um my wife and i my kids we all go to we go to this charismatic church right now and it's very word focused but it's but it's also charismatic mm. and the people i meet there their their backgrounds are you know as diverse as you can imagine there mm. are some who are you know died in the wool pentecostals and grew up in in very uh very spirit focused environments and then there are other people who are like no i grew up in you know a, a southern baptist presbyterian um, context and and you know and then at a certain point in my life God opened up the things of the Spirit to me in a way that He hadn't before, and and so it's not it's not that everybody's set in stone. I think we're all on a journey, and God kind of brings us to places when we're ready. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, you're right. It is kind of this divide, and it, it shouldn't be. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it'll be a little less so with this book. We can live by the word and walk by the spirit. We don't have to choose. So with that as a foundation, knowing that we're, we are, God's desire for us is to know him by his word and to experiencing him by his spirit. With that as a foundation, can you talk, John, about why 
getting into God's Word and studying the Bible is just a non-negotiable. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is part of like what we do. This is this is breath to us. <laughs> it's oxygen. Yeah. It's water. It's life. Yeah, no, definitely. It is so. And the Bible is is just this amazing book. It is like no other book in the world. I don't care, you know, what what book you love or where you're from or what your tradition is. The Bible is the only book breathed out by God. And I know we say that it kind of becomes Christ, Christianese. Like, what do you, uh, yeah, yeah, get breathed out by God. It just seems like, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, well, it's a lot of old stories and and hard hard place names to say and people names to say and and there's genealogies and what do I get out of this, right? But the reality is every single word, the Holy Spirit um, inspired. And so this is the only book from beginning to end where God himself set down what was going to be put down. And he wasn't, and while, you know, I, I get it, we are far removed from the original context in which these books were written. It is still written for us. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing, when you get into the New Testament, and Paul in particular, but the New Testament writers start describing, you know, kind of what we have in Christ. One of the things that they say is that we have been grafted into Israel and so into Abraham's family. And so this book, particularly the Old Testament, you know, that's the that's the part people I think struggle with the most. It's our family history, mm-hmm. right? We need to go to the Bible to understand who we are and how we got here. Um if you think about it, right, like you can read a book and I've read plenty of books where the author offers is really insightful kind of um, a, a way to understand the world in a, in a way maybe you hadn't thought before, thought of before. Right. Um, and and th- those are wonderful books. But this is God doing that. Right. So this is God saying, this is who you are. This is who I am. Most importantly, this is who my son is. And he is the way to life. And this is this is how the this is how the world you're in. This is the story you find yourself in. This is why your experience is the way it is. Um, and so, yes, it's a book of answers, but it's also a book that you know um, when you open it up, right? God, God knew, right, long ago, you were going to open it up on this particular day. You were going to read this passage, and and so I'm not saying I don't want to get too mystical about it. Like just open up your Bible randomly and start reading, and that's you know that, that's God's word for you today. But God does work through our our the way we you know how we read scripture. So you know, and he and he speaks into our lives. I can't tell you the number of times where I've opened up a, the Bible is just part of my I'm you know in the middle of Jeremiah and I'm reading through Jeremiah today and and but what I read reveals something about you know God's heart for me mm-hmm. or you know there's a, there's a situation that parallels something that you know maybe in a, in a different different way but parallels in some way what I've been walking through and it kind of gives me. Oh, I'm not alone. And yeah. oh, God is good and he will act on my behalf just like he did back then. It may not look exactly the same, but he's there and he and he hasn't changed. And you know, we don't need to separate the word and the spirit. And so for me in my life, I I was 16, I went to this this gathering at a at a hotel conference room with my parents and there was a Catholic priest there talking about his love for the word. I don't remember what he said. I remember him just holding the word to his chest and just talking about how he loved the word so much. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit just put a fire in my heart and a hunger for God's word. And so the Holy Spirit and the word are always working together. The word is living and active. It's like every word of God is infused with the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, it's um, they're not, you know, a lot of people, like I said, like we were talking about before, right? There are kind of these spirit churches and word churches and spirit Christians and word Christians. But the, the truth is that the word and the spirit shouldn't and really can't be separated. This is the most if you want to if you want to have a charismatic experience, get in your Bible. I mean, there this, you go. The, this is this is, you know, on fire, Holy Spirit stuff right here. Um, and and it, it, like like you like you said, Perry, it, it is when when you read the word, when you really get into it, when you really embrace it, um, the, the spirit you know starts starts working in your life. It is not um, we were not to you know our, our God's intention was not that you know okay read the Bible when you're when you can't really figure anything else out because this is pretty low hanging fruit. Just pull it off your shelf and just read it. And then when you get really spiritual, then you start walking by the Spirit. Mm. No 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 no. You never leave behind the Word, right? And you never you know they go hand in hand. And you know it is our guidebook. It is our you know it is kind of our. I, mean, I hate even using those things. It's not a it's not a dictionary. It's not really just a guidebook. It's not really an encyclopedia. None of those things. But it's all of those things, right? right. It's the answers. It's the it's the it's the blueprint. It's it's everything in one. So switching gears here a little bit, look what you've done. Have you ever heard that sentence? Look what you've done, and it just it's so condemning. If somebody's ever said that out loud to you, you know immediately you just feel shame. Like look what you've done, and. Maybe nobody said it out loud to you. You just say it to yourself. Maybe frequently you, you tell yourself, you should be ashamed of what you just did. Look at who you are. I've been there. I believe the lies of the enemy. And I mean, these are some of the stuff that has made its way into my thinking. You're stupid. You need to be led. You don't know what's good. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's appropriate. You're incapable of making good decisions for yourself or for other people. You've got nothing of value to say, Shauna. Just be quiet. You aren't worth listening to. You don't have anything valuable to contribute. There's there's something wrong with you. You aren't normal. You don't matter. It'd be better if you didn't speak at all. It'd be better if you weren't here at all. These lies became beliefs for me in my life. I wanted to believe that they weren't true, but they were so powerful and they were so deeply rooted in my life. Even though I was, I was fighting them tooth and nail, they were still having influence in my life and my choices and my relationships and my connections with other people. But in the quiet places where I meet with God regularly, he's just been uprooting those lies just one by one. Oh, Shauna, that's not true. And while the soil in my heart was like soft and pliable because he had, he had ripped something out of the soil, he took advantage of that tender soil of that brokenness and he planted seeds of truth. And he keeps doing this. He does this slowly over years. And the, the garden of my life is like, oh, less weeds and more beautiful, less lies and more truth. That's what God has done. That's what he's doing in me. It's what he'll do in you if you let him in your life. Listen to this. Listen to this truth. Let this seed be planted in your heart today. This is from Matthew 15, 13. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. God sees you. He hears the lies that make their way to your heart, that influence your relationships, that keep you from stepping into your God-given destiny. And he loves you. And he wants to tell you what the truth is. Let him tend to the garden of your soul. Thanks so much for listening. 
questions or comments, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930. 